Cape Talk. The Book Review. At uh, 19 minutes past four o'clock, uh, the, the thriller, I was talking last week, or not last week because I wasn't on the radio last Friday, but two weeks ago, about a, a thriller called The Ragdoll Murders or something like that. And I said it was, it was very well plotted and the characters were fine, but the, the author didn't have a distinctive voice. It was just another serial killer thriller. That was it. It was, it was very much a genre book. And it, that doesn't mean that it wasn't enjoyable, but it wasn't memorable. Well, the, the thriller that I've read subsequent to that is a book called Sirens by Joseph Knox. It is a first-time novel. It took him eight years to write, and it is set in Manchester. And it, this is not the Manchester of the Cavern Nightclub or the Manchester of Old Trafford or the Manchester of the City Ground. This is, this is a man- Manchester of, of, of the underground, of drugs, of degradation, of prostitution, of crime, of grit, of incredible violence. And the central character is a really intriguing bloke called Aidan Watts. He's a junior detective and he is undercover. And he's undercover in an incredibly secretive way. There are very, very few people in the force that know he is undercover, trying to to get some dirt on somebody who's thought to be bringing in most of the drugs that are causing a lot of the crime in Manchester. And he's summoned to the penthouse of a very important business person. And he is told that this business person's daughter has run away from home. This is where she is. Will you check that she is all right? And he does that. And by tracking her down he enters this incredibly dark nocturnal world and there is the 17 year old girl who has run away from home but why and why if her father knows where she is and knows her telephone number is he not getting her back what's going on and and why is the father lying about so much lying about his relationship with his wife why is he lying about contacts that he is having with some of the young girls who act as couriers for the drugs through the pub scene in Manchester it's very dark it's it's real nasty noir stuff but it's wonderfully atmospheric and absolutely credible and i don't think the words manchester united or manchester city appear at any point in the 374 pages of this very, very readable thriller. If you like noir, you know, if, you, if you're much more on the sort of Agatha Christie side of the scale, this is a little too far in the other direction for you, I would suggest. Sirens by Joseph Knox is that book. And then John Boyne, the Irish writer, has a new novel out. It's called The Heart's Invisible Furies with the subtitle Who is Cyril Avery? And it starts in a small village in the in County Cork, the west of County Cork, Colleen, 1945. Starts in a mass in the parish church and Father James Munro doesn't give a sermon. Instead, he denounces from the pulpit a 16-year-old, Catherine Goggin, who's recently been discovered to be pregnant. And the priest calls her up to the altar and he shames her before her family and he shames her before the congregation and he kicks her out of the church, he kicks her out of the parish. And just before he introduces this scene, Boyne tells us that um, you'll find out a little bit later that this priest has himself fathered two children in the area. So his brutality is around hypocrisy rather than genuine moral outrage. And then Catherine, who has been kicked out of the parish, goes to Dublin. And that begins a, a kind of a picaresque odyssey through Ireland's history between then and now. 
as the novel begins in 1945, Ireland has re- relatively recently become a republic. It is still effectively a theocracy, and the church is in control of everything. It's in control of all the laws that can that are, um, control sexuality and social behaviour. And that opening episode, by the way, is narrated by the child in Catherine's womb, and he grows up as Cyril Avery. So that answers the question on the front page, who is Cyril Avery? And he tells the story of his life up to 2015. Because between 1945 and 2015, an enormous enormous amount happens to the authority of the church in Ireland, which by 2015 has dissolved in scandal and in shame. In many ways, the themes are very similar to his 2014 novel, A History of Loneliness. But his, his attitude, his approach, his narrative approach is very different in this book, The Heart's Invisible Furies. This is much broader. It's much lustier. It's much more comedic. It's a mixture of historical fiction, uh, historical real characters and fictional characters. Uh, the young Cyril drinks with Bryn Behan and uh, so on. And it, it's, it's got a very intense driving outrage on which a very interesting story is hung. And that is John Boyne, gay himself, having suffered the agonies of being gay and knowing you're gay in a country where to be out as gay was as dramatic as it was when he was a young man. And it all hangs together very, very nicely indeed. John Boyne, The Heart's Invisible Furies, who is Cyril Avery. And then if I read a better nonfiction book than this one during 2017, that is going to be an exceptional book because this is, this is, you know, to say that it is the best nonfiction book that I've read in the first three months and a couple of days of the year doesn't say much. It's the best nonfiction book I've read in years. It's called East West Street on the origins of genocide and crimes against humanity. You might go by Philippe Sands, who's a human rights lawyer. And there are various genres within nonfiction. And which one does this fit into? Impossible to say. It's memoir, it's biography, it's work of history, it's a study of international law. And Philippe Sands is a very well-known international law lawyer, does a lot of work at the ICC in The Hague. And it tracks the careers and the different legal and moral philosophies of two of the absolutely critical figures in developing genocidal human rights law. Um, Their names, Hersch Lauterpacht and Raphael Lemkin. And he finds out, does Philippe Sands, that intriguingly, these two both spent some time in a tiny, a small town, which has variously been called Lvov and Lwau and Limburg, which has been part of Poland, it's been part of other countries, it is now part of the Ukraine. And he discovers that these two lived in this city at the same time and went on to develop competing theories. One was about a crime against individual, crimes against humanity, and the other one is genocide, which is crime against a group. And it might seem like there's not much of a difference between those two concepts, but there is a huge difference between those two concepts. And those two concepts were brought by these men to the Nuremberg trials. And Sands also finds out that his grandfather, whom he had visited in Paris for many years and whose past the grandfather refused to speak about, but it turns out that he also grew up in this town and that brings the memoir into it. So he goes there to discover about international law. He goes there to discover about these two giants. He goes there to discover his grandfather's story. So it is also a thriller in many respects. And 
he weaves in these doughty, important discussions about whether humanity is best served by an approach which focuses primarily on crimes against a group of people or by focusing on crimes against an individual, against 100,000 individuals or against a group of 100,000. And he teases out the complexities of those two approaches very, very well so that as an unseasoned human rights lawyer, one's able to follow it quite carefully. And he finishes... He finishes by saying, um, by recognizing that Lemkin's conception of international law allows for the protection of the group, and he remains uneasy with Lauterbach's idea that the group should be privileged above the individual. Um, above the individual, he recounts the history of international law while raising questions about its future. And given what's happening with South Africa in the dock, so to speak, at the ICC at the moment, in addition to being absolutely brilliant, it's also very pertinent. It's called East West Street by Philippe Sands on the origins of genocide and crimes against humanity. It's a, it's a lengthy book before you get to acknowledgements and notes and sources. It is 380 pages, but just about every one of them is an absolute gem.